We've got the sports pad on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along per usual. Jake Duran of Local 3 is in studio with me on Thursday, and that's also per usual. What's up, Jake? Man, I'm, I'm feeling good today, man. Today is my Friday. I'm going to have uh, taking tomorrow off, obviously, with the, with the holiday mm-hmm. coming up. Um, but we just had one of our better shows, uh, Sports Zone shows, last night. I'm getting great responses, I think, each week. Uh, we're gaining momentum, and you know, I'm just getting a lot of great, great responses from just our viewers, and it's just nice knowing people are, are out there watching and supporting it. You know, our social media numbers are going um, higher and higher each week, and I just feel like we're getting getting a lot of momentum. And and um, you know, we've been working at it for three years, and it's it's a really small production. I do a lot of all of you know, I'm out shooting, editing, and, and everything, and and it's a lot of extra work put on my shoulders. But you know, when I get those that feedback, and it's not all positive, and, and I appreciate constructive criticism, but um, when I get those positive that positive feedback, it makes it worth it. And we're now having more more of our, our viewers, you know, sending in videos and and tipping us off on some good stories and things like that, and and that's really great. I'm always asking for you know uh, fans' help because I can't get everywhere. I don't have a really big crew and and. And um, when they help and send in videos, send in top plays and things like that, it just makes the show that much better. And and um, I really, I'm just really thankful uh, with all the positive feedback we're getting. So I'm feeling good about it. Um, like I said last night, I think we had one of our better shows. I think it was our best show of the, of this season mm. for sure. Maybe out of all three years. I enjoyed it. And yeah, it, obviously we featured a lot of Westwood stuff and got a lot of unique things um, going. So I'm just loving it, man. It's it's fun for me, and I just love uh, you know getting the players in and getting them some more shots. I think they deserve it. Check out his shoot around with the Patriots and Ellie Miller. You were defeated. In I was shootout. defeated. Yes, uh, Ellie Miller. She or Ellie, I was. He said her name. She came in and uh, brought her whole team. It was really fun. We had the whole team in the studio uh, rooting for. It kind of turned into, you know, I had the home court disadvantage. Normally, mm-hmm. I can get some players in, and, and they're a little bit nervous, and they're kind of in a foreign place, and, and I'm able to, you know, use that to my advantage, but with with all those girls coming in and supporting her, she was able to beat me 15-12 to 12 fair and square. Um, I did knock in a couple a, a couple balls, bounced off my rim, and went into her mm-hmm. basket. Does that count? And, and it counts, man. Mm-hmm. It counts, and uh, you know, I, I unfortunately had that happen, but she won fair and square. So now I'm two and two on the season. Um, and like I said, if, if you're a player out there and want to come in and, and take part, you don't have to be a starter. You don't have to be a key player. If you're, if you're on the team, if you're on a team, come in, um, we'll give you some shine and, and try to beat me. And, and the winners get put on a leaderboard, the person with the highest score, um, we're going to get them an award or a certificate or something. And um, working on getting merchandise made right now and things like that. So, like I said, man, just a lot of momentum, and I'm just uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. Now I know this because I did my prep for tomorrow night's broadcast at Manistique. I did that this morning, so I know for a fact that Ellie Miller, who defeated you in a shootout, is shooting zero percent from behind the arc this year. Oh, for one, which I know that she's like, yeah, fine, but yeah. she is shooting fifty-one percent from the field, mm-hmm. so she's a good enough shooter. There's no shame in losing there. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, the Patriots, they're a deep team, and all those girls are extremely talented. Um, you know, there's games where every single person on that roster plays and, and produces and scores and, and does things. And Ellie's just one of those key role players that teams need to have. You know, she can, on any given night, beat you just like a Carly Patron can, a Natalie Prophet. Um, we already know about Maddie Kosky and, and Tessa Lease and even the younger Lease, uh, Mallory and Jillian Kosky. Um, anyone can really hurt you on any night. So that's what makes that team so good. And, and just hanging out with them for that whole day, pretty much, um, I kind of just, you know, felt that 
that vibe that this team is special, and obviously we know that. And and it was fun, man. They definitely, uh, you know, the Westwood Patriot girls team has been a supporter of our show since we started. They're willing to try new things with us. That goes beyond just that standard question and interview coverage that we try to shy away from we're not against it but we try to just do unique things and and bring a new perspective into what what these athletes are going through well, I tell you what, we've got a lot to get to over the course of next hour, but do check that out on Jake's website, Local 3. I believe it's upmatters.com. Yep. Yep, check that out then in the sports tab on demand. We've got a lot to get to here over the course of next hour, beginning with the Houston Astros and the debacle that was their press conference today. Antonio Brown's on an apology tour. Can we as sports fans forgive those two, the Astros and Antonio Brown. Plus, we are two days away from getting NBA All-Star Weekend kicked off. There are rumors circulating regarding Matt Stafford and what his deal could be going forward, whether he could be on the move. And we have the UP's largest L.A. Wildcats, maybe the only L.A. Wildcats fan in studio. We could flash back to last Thursday, Jake. I believe you said... Go Seattle, go Dragon, Dragons yeah. for life, something like that. Let me let me explain myself. So I, I think I prematurely chose a team without actually seeing these teams play, mm-hmm. um, and I was unable to actually see the Seattle Dra- uh, the Seattle Dragons game because it wasn't I had, pretty. Yeah, so uh, my niece had her birthday party, but when I got home, I turned on the the Wildcats and Roughnecks game, and and I didn't even know Winston Moss was the head coach, <laughs> a former Packers. You know, he was a former Packers coach that got fired because he kind of questioned Mike McCarthy's mm-hmm. staff, and I. Be- I 100% agreed with him at the time uh, when he was talking. I was like, finally, someone is stepping up and is is putting him, you know, kind of putting it out there like this is what needs to happen. And he got fired for it, speaking mm-hmm. his mind. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know this guy, coach. And then I was like, you know, I have ties to, to the L.A. area. My daughter lives out there just outside of Los Angeles. So I do get out to the West Coast every once in a while. So, you know, I could potentially go to a game. And as I was, like, checking off the boxes, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start rooting for the Wildcats. <laughs> I know I jumped the bandwagon fairly early from Seattle. But, I mean, it's not like the L.A. Wildcats are a great team. They might be one of the worst teams. I mean, it's been one week, but mm-hmm. they actually might be one of the worst teams with that first week performance. I don't know. Tampa Bay looked pretty bad. They looked bad. Aaron Murray, man. Oh, he what? looked really bad. Yeah, he was so – I remember him back at Georgia. He was really, really, you know, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know, man. It, you definitely don't want to be the worst quarterback in, in the XFL, but – um, he kind of looked bad. I, I do like the, the the unis that the Vipers wear. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought the XFL was had a great first weekend. It was a good weekend. You know, absolutely. Um, I've heard a lot of negatives. There's a lot of people out there that they turned it on and they if right away if they didn't get that NFL vibe, they just wouldn't give it a chance and mm-hmm. and was like, I can't stand this. This is terrible. And and obviously the football wasn't great. I don't think the scoring was as high as the XFL wanted. But it's like just like the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a couple weeks for teams to get used to each other, know how the, each other plays. The offenses are usually behind the defenses, and and I do think it's better. But the transparency was awesome. Mm-hmm. The sideline reporting was great. I mean, it was hilarious. That that communication between the coaches and quarterback was really funny. Um, the rules, I think, are. They work, mm-hmm. you know. It's not too much different, but it but it's different enough to where it it spikes your interest. And and I'm just obsessed with football, man. So mm-hmm. I I definitely I, I'm not gonna lie. I made an LA Wildcats group on Facebook for for the UP. <laughs> so I think we have about five or six members. If you're out there, that many five or six members. There man. are actually five fans of an LA team up I, here. I guess so. So if you're a fan of the LA Wildcats and want to join a group, we talk all XFL. I haven't posted in a couple days. I've been kind of busy, but I'll I'll try to keep people up up to date on the Wildcats team and, and really just the XFL in general. It's just another 
thing I'm doing. So, um, but I thought it was a good weekend. I don't know about. I, I know we were texting back and forth, and and we thought you know we were kind of giving our ideas back and forth. And I, I mean, for, for the most part, I think it's great football. I know it's not the NFL, and I know it's different. But I think you got to give this this thing a chance. I think it looked clean. You know, it the did. broadcasting and mm-hmm. stuff look clean. So I think the XFL is definitely light years ahead of the, the AAF that actually, you know, crumbled uh, earlier when earlier in the year or last year. Packer fans will remember Winston Moss getting fired for speaking his mind against Mike McCarthy. And then Winston Moss as a head coach fires his DC after just one game. Yeah, so there's definitely some turmoil going on. I don't know how you fire a coach after one game. There's got to be something more to that. There has to be something more to that. I mean... For the most part, their performance in that week one, there was a lot of lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about coaching, I know they kind of didn't handle the final minutes of the first half very well or the final seconds. They couldn't even get a, a field goal off. Obviously, it's because there's rule changes and things like that, and there no, should be no excuses. But then you fire arguably your best player as well, or you release your best player. He was a team captain. So there is definitely something going on in that locker room, which I'm not too pumped about, but... I just don't get how you fire your defensive coordinator. I, I know they kind of got tore up in the passing game. Um, I forgot the guy's name, number 20. He was a cornerback. He got burned like four times. I texted you. I said, this guy has to go. This guy can't be on the field. Um, so they got some personnel things going on. But I just don't know how you fire a coach after one game strictly on performance. Like you said, there has to be something else going on. Pepper Johnson is out, although he may not have uh, had as bad of a weekend as Mark Tressman did. Oh, boy, that guy just cannot coach anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that wasn't good. No. I mean, <clears throat> obviously these are, are – Former players and coaches, some of these guys we've heard of and and who've had stints and had their shine um, at some point, but sometimes you just lose it and maybe maybe this is not for him. I don't know. It's just one week. I don't want to overreact right now. I want to see how That's it goes. What sports radio is for, Jay. I know. I don't want to overreact. Like it, it's clear who the top four teams are for me, but at the same time, you gotta give those you know the losers of the first week chance to get at home and and really put it together. So we'll see what happens. Let's overreact, Jake. Are the New York Guardians the best football team in New York right now? <laughs> no, they might be. They might be. I mean, they might be. I don't. I don't think they can stack up to the NFL teams, but um, they're definitely one of the better teams in the XFL. If I had to rank the XFL teams, I would put the New York Guardians probably at number three. I would probably. I, I like what the Houston Roughnecks got going on. Um, then I think it's the St. Louis Battlehawks. I'll put the the Guardians there at three. Let's put the DC Defenders. I'll put my Wildcats there at five. Vipers are definitely at the bottom. Let me phrase it a different way. Was the 23-3 to butt whooping of the Tampa Bay Vipers last weekend the best football that New York has seen since the Giants when they made the playoffs five years ago? I mean, you could argue it. I would, I would actually... I want to give a shout out to the Jets when they beat the Cowboys. I thought that was a pretty, mm. pretty good performance. They had no reason winning that game, but um, other than that, man, I haven't been impressed with a, a New York football team in, in quite some time. It's been a long time since New York has had something to cheer about on the gridiron. Maybe the Guardians are going to give them that. I do like the vibe they got going on. Mm-hmm. I like the jerseys. I like the dark colors. Um, I was really interested to see like how many fans were in the stands, and I think they had a for a New York City. You know, a bigger city like that, I think they, you know, their fans kind of showed out. I think Houston had a really good turnout. Um, That was nice. But I think, you know, they win a couple games and people kind of like open up to the idea of the XFL. It's not going to, like I said, it's not going to be the the NFL, but you got to just give it a chance, man. I think it has a niche. 
put Pat McAfee on all St. Louis broadcasts, so you always pair up Pat McAfee and Marquette King. Oh, for sure. I'm sorry, Marquette King. Marquette, Marquette King. Yeah, he's perfect for a, a league like the XFL. A little edgier, not afraid to try new things. Obviously, they interview players right after like some of their worst moments in the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's hilarious. You know, a kicker misses a, a field goal and then he's he steps right off the field and he's getting a mic thrown in his face. It's just it's great. It's uh, very transparent and like I said. Guys like Pat McAfee fit perfectly in it, and it's and it's another element of entertainment, and and you know this is the the brainchild of Vince McMahon, and he's ultimately a, a entertainer. Um, so yes, it's the sport of football, but ultimately he's trying to find ways just to entertain people. And I thought it was, I thought for me, anyways, it was entertaining. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you before we hit the break. Who do the Cats have this weekend, and what are we watching for? Um, so the Cats have. I'm trying to think. Who do they have at? I, I can't even think right now who they have. I see you're in depth on the preview as the self-proclaimed UP's biggest. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on it. Hold on. Hold on. I know they're going to win. You do. I know they're going to win. Is it the Defenders? I think it's the. I I don't know if it's the Defenders. I thought they had New York. Let me check. Um, All right. Jake's looking it up who the LA Wildcats have this weekend so he can give us a preview, which he's going to (laughs) come up with here in about 14 seconds. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Should we take the break now? Take a break. I'll get back to you. All right, let's take the break. We'll have that on the other side. Plus, can we forgive the Astros and Antonio Brown as sports fans? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along. As sports fans... Can we forgive the Houston Astros and Antonio Brown? They've both been going on apology tours. First, though, Jake did come up with a brief preview of this weekend's L.A. Wildcats game because I know that is on the mind, Jake, right, of right. a lot of the fans in the <laughs> right. UP. Yeah, so I was a week off. So week three is the defenders. I didn't. I, I just okay. got those mixed up. So week two versus the Dallas Renegades, mm. um, a team that had a lot of hype coming in, and they – kind of blew a game at home against the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. I think they were their only home team to lose in, in week one. Uh, and it's in L.A., so mm-hmm. I think L.A. has a shot. Any Dallas team, they just seem to choke. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give them the dub in week two. And then they got the D.C. defenders at home in week three. And like I said, I think the defenders are one of the better teams with Cardell Jones, former Ohio State quarterback there um, under center. If they can win at home against the defenders, then they're right back into the conversation. I mean, you only got how many weeks? Ten weeks? Ten, Ten weeks? So, yeah, I mean, this team can still turn it around. They're, they're kind of the laughing stock after week one, so I still think they have they have a shot. But then they got the Guardians right after that, so that's, an, you know, week two or three and four is, is going to be huge for for the Wildcats to see if they can actually do something in year one. Hey, but you got Landry Jones coming back this weekend. You got to go up against Bob Stoops and Landry Jones. That's another question. Is Bob Stoops the best pro football coach in Dallas right now? <laughs> man, the disrespect here in the NFL. Um, no, man, I got to give my, my guy Mike McCarthy. All right. I got to give my guy Mike McCarthy that nod there. I tell you what. Can we forgive the Houston Astros and Antonio Brown? They've both been going on apology tours we're not totally sure how to receive it because of how they came about. Let's start with Antonio Brown, Jake. He apologized to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was on a radio station in, somewhere in Pennsylvania earlier this week, and he apologized specifically to Ben Roethlisberger, said, I didn't know how good I had it. And to me, if he continues this kind of reconcile with the NFL, with teams, what have you, there might be a shot for him in the NFL. I don't think he's going to, though. I don't think this kind of retrition 
uh, is going to continue long enough for anyone to take a bet on him. He's put himself in this type of hole, and football might have contributed to that, and I, I just don't think any team is going to bet on him coming up this fall. Um, and I agree with you, uh, you know, we've seen this before. I mean, Antonio Brown, he's hot and cold. Um, he'll, he'll say he was making mistakes one, one minute and then he'll be on Twitter, um, blaming everybody and, and things like that. Um, I do think this guy does have, you know, some mental issues going on. I don't know what they, those may be. And I do think he has a lot of yes men around them. That's, that that are pushing him into this type of behavior that he needs to kind of get rid of. Um, I just I can't believe that he's being a hundred percent like honest when he's doing this. I don't know if it's just for show. I mean, if the only way I will forgive Antonio Brown is if he actually goes and, and gets you know whether it be like therapy or mm-hmm. something um, to try to figure things out and and just you know take a step back and kind of see the bigger picture. Um, yeah, he can go on these radio shows and apologize and say all the right things, but does he really mean it? I don't know if I'll really believe it until I actually see him take the, the necessary steps to get evaluated because anyone on, from an outsider's point of view can can tell you that he is kind of mentally, there's something off there mm-hmm. just because of his erratic reactions and um, you know back and forth, hot and coldness. Um, so... Will he have another shot in the NFL? He's talking about going and playing with Tom Brady next season. Mm. I don't even know if he's gone through the necessary steps to even begin the process to get reinstated, which will take a long time. I know he has so many court cases. I can't even keep up with it Mm. that need to be figured out and things like that. So um, I don't think he's going to be in the league anytime soon. And he's getting up there in age. At some point, teams are going to draw the line to be like, it's not even worth it, you know. He's definitely a hard worker, and I know he keeps himself in shape. But um, is it worth a headache? I just don't. I don't know. I, I can. I would forgive Antonio Brown if he, you know, obviously sticks to what he's saying right now, mm-hmm. and then goes and gets help, and you know, gets rid of get rid of these people that are around you. His trainer got in a fight, beating up a, like a moving truck company with mm-hmm. him. You know, who, who? That's not a friend to you. No. You know, he. They're just supporting this this erratic behavior and. And, um, you know, but I'm not saying I would never, you know, not forgive Antonio Brown, but I got to see, I got to see it, you know, actions speak louder than words. And right now I'm hearing his words and he's really good with his mouth. So, um, that's all he's been doing is talking. So yeah, I got to see it. I got to see the action as a person. I can forgive Antonio Brown. I'm somebody who believes in forgiveness, both from a person, a life-based standpoint, and a faith-based standpoint. But as a sports fan, it's a lot tougher for me to want to bet on Antonio Brown. I think it's even tougher, though, Jake, to try to bet on the Houston Astros to try to forgive them. Did you see that presser this morning? That was just I I saw snippets, and I obviously am uh, on Twitter a lot and can kind of feel the pulse of things happening and and I, that's that's unforgivable. Mm. I mean, to go out there and blatantly, you know, admit that you you were cheating, and then to say we had a really good team, we would have probably won any. Like, mm. what is that? Right. Like, like, like I said, with Antonio Brown, it's different because I do think he has something wrong with him. But this is just blatant, like not trying to like admitting to something but still but, but we're gonna keep the world series mm-hmm. you know we're this is ours so like that is just ridiculous like first things first i'm giving up the rings you know i'm giving up i'm giving up the title i'm giving up everything like i don't you know we got caught we fired the necessary people 
and the next step is to to admit and and give back to what you hadn't really earned fairly. So yeah, it's it's nice that they owned up to it and and took the necessary steps. But what is your step? What like you're still not totally owning up to it then, right? Whoever is in charge of PR there needs to be demoted to the miners because that was awful today. And I've got some audio. I'll start with about a minute's worth of canned audio of Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve giving. PR speeches, really canned PR. Somebody else wrote this for them. Very generic, very vanilla apologies, what have you. I have some brief remarks that I'd like to share with y'all. I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. I would also like to thank the Astros fans for all of their support. We as a team are totally focused on moving forward to the 2020 season. Thank you. Uh, I also will be brief. We had a great uh, team meeting last night. And I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in in 2017. <clears throat> we especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball. And our team is determined to to move forward, to play with intensity, and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. Thank you. Very canned, obviously written by a pro PR team. And then Jim Crane, the team owner, him and Dusty Baker, even though Dusty had nothing to do with the cheating, Jim Crane took the podium and took questions, and he just made a mess all over himself. Jim, you, you mentioned right off the top there that the players uh, did not receive proper guidance from their leaders, but the league's official report says it was a player-driven scheme. Do you think it was it was not driven by the players, or why do you absolve the players, it sounds like, of, of blame for this? Well, the, the commission report was very thorough, and they did a lot of work on it. Um, where, where the commissioner came down, which I agree with him, is that it could have been stopped, and it wasn't stopped, and people had knowledge of it based upon the report. So um, we hold those two guys accountable um, for what happened and, and not not stopping that action. Okay, another question. Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the, the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, you know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Another question? Chandler, right here. Jim, are you confident your team didn't use any wearable devices or buzzers during the 2019 season? Uh, the commissioner addressed that in the report, and, I, and I'm confident it's accurate. Um, I've discussed it with the players, and they've assured me that nothing like that ever happened. There's no substance to that whatsoever. And um, I believe A.J. made a comment last night and, and, and cleared that up. Um, I, I truly believe there was no buzzers ever, and I don't even know where that came from. So, 
Okay, like that's the only part of Jim Crane's speech that I could buy. He may not have had knowledge that the players were in buzzers underneath their jerseys, if that was indeed true. Whether it was or not, he may not have known about that. I do tend to believe that Jim Crane is being open with us in that regard. Let's go back to something he just said, though, where he was talking about the Yankees and the teams that they beat en route to the 2017 World Series, and Jim Crane said it didn't impact the game. You know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. We'll listen to what he said to a Jeff Passan question a couple minutes later. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Basically, you know, as the commissioner said in his report, he's not going to go backwards. Um, it's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it impacted the game, and that's where we're going to leave it. Now, that's bad enough on its own. That could stand alone as an indictment against Crane and the Astros, but then our own Marley Rivera puts him away with this before they finally decide to say, eh, we better put a stop to this. Jim, sign stealing is a distinct advantage for the hitter. So how is it that it doesn't affect competition? So then what are you guys apologizing for? Um, we're p- apologizing because we broke the rules. But isn't sign stealing a distinct advantage for the hitter, so it doesn't automatically impact competition? It, it, it could possibly do that. It could possibly not. Okay, guys, we're going to wrap up. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you, Jim. I saw this thing from NBC Sports in Washington the other night, Jake, that said that the Washington Nationals were tipped off about the Astros and their tendencies before the most recent World Series, that Alex Cora, the former manager of the Boston Red Sox, told them about it, and he was part of that sign-stealing scandal as Houston's bench coach in 2017. Brian Dozier, who played with the Dodgers, then with the Nationals last year, he, uh, he knew about it, what was going on, and he tipped the team off, and apparently... The, it was fascinating reading this report that the Nationals knew that the Astros were stealing signs, so they had five different sets of signs, and the catcher had a wristband with all of them, like a quarterback with a play chart on his wrist, and he's running through all these different signs to the pitcher so the Astros can't pick up which pitch is coming. It was fascinating to read this. Yeah, um... I mean, do you blame him? No, not yeah, at all. That I was mean, the right move. Yeah, that was the right move, uh... Yeah, to to know that a team is actively cheating against you, obviously you can kind of use that to your advantage. Like I would be having someone out there clanking on a a trash can or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Um, to just kind of mess with them. But um, good on them. I mean, obviously if you know you're someone's cheating, you got to counteract and you got to try to even the playing field. And um, at least they didn't do it in a way to where they were started cheating themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They they just prepared a little bit better. Right. Um, so they did it the right way, man. They did it the right way and. And, um, you know, get on them. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our next time out. When we come back, could Matt Stafford be on the move and at what cost? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along as always. Here's your Sports Center update. Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard will miss NBA All-Star Weekend after suffering a groin injury last night in their loss to Memphis. Sticking with the association, the league's longest winning streak is over. The Toronto Raptors' franchise-best 15-game winning streak ended last night with a 101-91 loss to the Nets. And finally, we're sticking with Toronto here, too. 
The Toronto Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire has been arrested for indecent exposure after he was caught. Oh, boy. Um, I know we're owned by Disney, and we've got kind of a G-rated audience, so he was caught having a solo sexual experience in his car in a grocery store parking lot. Like why? What, what, <laughs> why there and then? Like I just don't get like people. Like what? Yeah, um, I have nothing to comment on that situation. But shout out the Toronto Raptors. Um, <laughs> shout out the Toronto Raptors because I thought they were they were uh, when Kawhi left. I thought they were they were kind of they would fall off a little bit. I mm-hmm. guess you can say, and they've done a great job. It kind of makes me wonder if Kawhi stayed. What do we have saw them win? Back to back, maybe three. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty scary. Siakam has definitely stepped up in his absence, and he's developed into you know a, a star player. And and man, I mean, that's crazy. Fifteen? What'd you say? Fifteen? Fifteen? Yeah. I mean, to to do that without without Kawhi this year, I mean, that's that's impressive. And they're, they're definitely a team in the East that that is going to challenge. I don't think they're going to beat like a team like the Bucks, mm. but. Um, you gotta you gotta respect what they've been able to do after you know taking that shot with Kawhi Leonard and and obviously it not going their way he moved on to L A but you know their resiliency is is very impressive. You know what Nick Nurse can do, Jake? You know what he can do? He can coach. That's your guy, Nick man. Nurse can coach. That's, your That's guy. my guy. And, and you know this year especially, I would say I give him way more respect this year than even last year because mm-hmm. now you know. You know, he was a big part of what was going on. Kawhi was obviously that the leader and the, the special talent they had. But um, if you can get it done with this group, and I'm not saying they're a bunch of bums, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just figured after a big loss like that, normally it's natural for a team to take a step back, and they've kind of been able to, you know, keep things pretty solid there. I want to see him prove somebody wrong because right now, if you were to bet your life, say if you are going to bet your house, your car, or something important to you, something really tough to replace, that anyone other than the Bucks or one of the L.A. teams would meet in the NBA Finals. I don't think you could do it. That being said, I don't know that a lot of us thought any different last year than the Bucks and Golden State or somebody like that, and that's what we ended up with. So you never know, and that's the beauty of this league, as much as people say it can be scripted. I do want to touch on that, what have you, and I want to get to the All-Star game, but let's talk a little football for right now with Matt Stafford because rumors came out that the Lions could be looking at moving him. Now, the general manager, Bob Quinn, in the front office came out and said, this is 100% false. I don't know what else they would say, but that being said, could Matt Stafford really be on the move? Could this really happen? It's possible if the Lions want to make a change at quarterback this year. To me, the cap hit would not be worth doing it this year, what they would lose in dead money. Next year, I think all possibilities, all options are on the table. This could happen this year. I think it's much more likely it happens a year from now, though. Yeah. I mean, obviously, financially, it doesn't make sense. And I know Lions fans and even NFL fans, when they first heard it, it's it's just kind of hard to picture that situation happening where they would move on from Matt Stafford he's kind of been their franchise obviously their franchise quarterback for a decade and you know he's kind of that heart and soul of the team so when I first heard heard about it I was like there's no way they would do this mm-hmm. then I started thinking about it a little bit they, they own the number three pick um, obviously and, and they're the mocks are all pointing them drafting a, a cornerback, and is that really going to move the needle? Mm-hmm. Is that really going to improve the team? Are you are you going to challenge with with that pick? Like, 
right now they're kind of if I'm with the Lions, I'm it's almost like high risk, big reward type right. of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger. The, I think the Green Bay Packers are in a few years are going to have a little bit of a, a time where they're going to obviously take a step back and not be as as good as they they've been. Mitch Trubisky, that you know, Chicago put their franchise back several years with that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can figure it out, but I'm not confident in that. And then you know, the Vikings are with Kirk Cousins. They're a really good team with that defense, but how long can they keep it up? So if you're the Lions, this could be a perfect time to make a franchise-altering move. Get rid of Stafford. Maybe bring him to you know New England or something if Brady mm-hmm. doesn't come back and and get assets for it. Obviously, he would you would get a lot in return. You could get a franchise quarterback with this number three pick, um, a very high pick with with some pretty good court, uh, you know quarterbacks, and you know get get a guy like Tua potentially, and then use all those other. They they got a lot of holes they need to fill, and mm-hmm. and yeah, you can pretty much kiss any you know chance you had at a super bowl run goodbye right now but in three four years you might be looking pretty nice in that division and and if if tua is the player that you think or justin herbert or whatever maybe joe burrow who knows um can come in there and develop then you're right there you're a step ahead of everybody in the division and you got 10 plus years with a franchise quarterback and and a solid supporting cast so uh, with the lions it's like what what else can you do, man? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this, you know, trying this for for years and years, and wasted Matt Stafford's, you know, career basically, and for, you got nothing to show for it. So why not take a shot and do something crazy? But like you said, man, it just doesn't make sense financially. But maybe this could be a team that's in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes next year, and you get a guy like that, your franchise switches, and then you got a nice supporting cast. So um, I think it's. You know, will we see Matt Stafford moving soon? I, it, I'm thinking it's leaning towards potentially in the next few years. Yeah, it's his time's coming to an end in Detroit. Barring something unforeseen, Jake, the top two picks are pretty much cemented, almost written in stone. We know it's pretty much going to be Joe Burrow to Cincinnati and then Chase Young to Washington. That number three pick could be the most exciting in the draft because we all kind of thought, okay, two is probably going to go number five to Miami, and now there's a lot of teams that would be pretty happy to have two others talk that somebody could trade up if the lions don't go for a quarterback this year and they decide to trade out with that pick you could see the chargers move up and try to grab that number three pick the dolphins could try to move up a couple of spots and give up maybe their later two first round picks to ensure they get their man or detroit could pick a quarterback and number or somebody else at number three but that being said i think you make a great point with the whole trevor lawrence uh aspect the angle to this because i don't trust Tua. i mean I really don't. Right. Stafford is, he's immensely talented. So is Tua. Neither of them have been able to stay healthy thus far. And that's been each of their biggest downfall. Basically, you're getting another Stafford just a lot younger. You're going to have 10 more years of what you just had. I just don't trust Tua. It's not exclusive to the Lions in that sense. I just don't trust Tua as an NFL quarterback. If you can't stay healthy in college, you're not going to in the NFL. Yeah, and I agree with you. Obviously, um, Tua's had injury, you know, problems throughout his career, and and honestly, Matt Stafford probably has played hurt more times than not, and probably should have been out of the game a few times. I mean, he has a, he's very tough. It mm-hmm. takes a lot, and he gets beat up every game. Can you imagine having Tua sitting back there getting teed off yep. with with all of his injuries he's kind of accumulated in college. I mean, that is a chance you take. And, and you know, Justin Herbert's there, but he's an Oregon quarterback, mm-hmm. and I don't really know if, if he's pl- – I don't think he's been playing in an NFL system. And just history has shown that those 
kind of quarterbacks out out west there haven't really you know been what what people want them to be so um so yeah i mean i think what if i'm the lions and i'm the gm i'm starting to blow smoke man i'm you know i'm out there saying we're fielding calls a lot of interest here at number three i'm really trying to talk to miami you know get them thinking maybe this is true they don't have to believe me but Mm -hmm. you put that seed of doubt in their mind maybe when the pressure's on during draft day that they move up you move back to five, you still get your man, whether it's Okuda or Simmons, whoever, and then you get maybe the Dolphins' 18th pick, and then maybe there's a, a project quarterback there that you can draft. Yeah, or, if I'm giving up the number three pick, I'm getting both of Miami's later first-round picks. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. 18 and 25, if, I think. If, hey, if they want to do that, too, then you're putting yourself in a position to get a guy like potentially Jordan Love might be there. Justin yep. Herbert might still be there. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, and then you still have room to fill another hole because, like I said, they, there's a lot of – Obviously, a lot of holes there on that roster, but um, if you're not really going to draft a quarterback, I don't see how you can just sit there at three. If you're not going to get a quarterback at three, then you, you should be trading out if I'm Absolutely. Detroit and, and trying to accumulate picks to try to fill out that roster. Would you make that move? Would you give up the number three if you could get 18 and 25 in the Dolphins? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because chances are I'm still going to get my guy. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm not getting a quarterback, everyone's saying they're going to pick Okuda. That, that very well could. Derek Brown. Isaiah Simmons, they're still going to be there at four. One of those guys is still going to be there, so you're still going to get a guy that can help you. They need a linebacker that can cover. They need a defensive tackle, and you know they need you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of they need a corner. They need some secondary help. So you're still going to be able to get a guy that can help you right away. And like and like I said, man, you get those two later first round picks. There's going to be guys dropping. You know, you're going to be able to get help on that defense. You might be able to pick up a, a solid, you know, offensive tackle that has potential and, and really fill out the roster. If you have a shot to get, do you move from one first round pick to three mm-hmm. and still get your guy? I mean, that's a no brainer to I me. I mean, that one's tougher no-brainer. if you want to say that they're going to get the number five pick as well as the 18 and the 25. That's or tougher five, to try. Five and, 18, five and 18. Five and 18 is more realistic. I think they can realistically get at least two, maybe all three of the Dolphins picks if they were to trade with the Dolphins. Or look at, you know, a team like the Oakland Raiders who have multiple picks mm-hmm. who I don't think John Gruden is happy with, with Carl under center right. so maybe the, that's a team that is willing to give up one of their you know multiple first round picks um but I'm, I'm thinking move back to five still get your guy and then just take that 18 maybe like a third or something um if a team like miami's desperate enough to get their guy i don't see why they wouldn't be willing to do that we've seen crazier trades happen i'm still saying jacob eason is going to be the gardner Minshew of this draft a guy that yeah. goes like five or six rounds deep and he's a pro style quarterback he actually translates he's okay in the nfl something like that that's going to be my pick he's going to be this year's sleeper jacob eason i'm going to go jake from jake from is he a sleeper though because he might go late first round i mean depending on where he gets picked i, okay. I you know we're hearing about we're hearing about Tua. We're hearing about Joe Burrow. We're hearing about Justin uh, Herbert. We're even hearing about Jordan Love from Utah mm-hmm. State. No one's really talking about Jake Fromm, who two no. years ago was was one of those elite quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. yeah, he had a down year. But I mean, I'm just looking at it as a Packer fan's perspective. If he's there, second round, yeah. and still on the board, I mean, the guy has leadership. I, I I would if All I'm right. a team that you know has an older quarterback that's you know getting up there in age, maybe like a Pittsburgh or something. Why not take a shot on a Jake Fromm who played in the SEC and had some a pretty good career and has shown pretty good leadership? I know, you know, maybe his accuracy and things aren't there. He's he's had you know an up and down, you know, stint there, but I, I think he has all the tools. I, I don't know where are the Packers drafting this year. 
Is it? It's late first, right? I think thirty. Thirty, maybe thirty. So at thirty, Jake is advocating for the Packers to get Diet Aaron Murray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. If I'm the Packers, if 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 any of those two, if Patrick Queen's there, linebacker from LSU, mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma, if any of those two guys are there, you got to grab them. Mm-hmm. If they're not there, you got to look at. I like the. Uh, I saw a mock where you know you go for a wide receiver best available, and then that second round, there's a guys like Troy Dye from Oregon. Um, slight slighter build, but is coverage kind of like Isaiah Simmons, mm-hmm. but like a a, a more knockoff version of him you know get a guy like that in the second round um but i think you gotta we need speed on the defense and we need some physical presence i'm sick and tired of being you know looked at as a finesse team that gets mm-hmm. overpowered and just out physical during games we need speed and strength and i think those are the two attributes you got to look at right away jake uh, we're coming up here on the break in about a minute and a half or so so let's run through this quick if Derek carr and Matt Stafford, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, all these guys are to hit the open market, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston maybe, which would be your top three? If you could have your choice of those three, your wish list, what would My that look wish like? list. I'm going to go. Philip Rivers in there too. Phil Riv. I'm going to go. Obviously, I'm going to put Tom Brady one. Mm-hmm. He's proven it. I think he would be motivated without Bill Belichick, and I still think he has just the the mental aspect. is still sharp there. Um, and he's just a proven winner, knows what it takes, and, and can really put a team over the top. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go him. Um, I'll throw Tannehill in there, too. Okay, so we got Tannehill, him. Cam Noon, Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's going to go to a team like Chicago or something and, and try to fight for the quarterback spot. But you wouldn't put him in your top three, would no, you? No, I wouldn't put I, I like Cam Newton if he's healthy. Okay. I still think he has a lot left in the tank. Who else have we got? Phil Rib. Dak is out potentially. Uh, are, we're all speculating oh. with these. Uh, I mean, Dak is Dak's an interesting. Would you rather pick. have Dak or Brady? I'd rather have Brady. Would you? Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Right. Um, I haven't seen Dak be able to do it without everything at his disposal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes to a, a team that's not doesn't have as good as an offensive line or a top five running back or anything or you know anything like that. I don't know if he can do it. I still think he's needs to prove, and that's why obviously the Cowboys haven't signed him long term. Mm-hmm. So, um, I still like Philip Rivers. I know he had a bad year, but I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he he shoots his shot, man. He does? <laughs> hey, if I were to throw in Ryan Fitzpatrick, would that change your top three? No. no. I, I mean, shout out Ryan Tannehill, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was impressive what he did mm-hmm. with Tennessee. I know he had Derrick Henry and things, but um, he's a game manager. He's kind of like Teddy Bridgewater, you know what I mean? Guys like that. If you can get a guy like that for the right price. Ooh, I should have thrown in Teddy. Yeah, if you can get a guy like that for the right it's it's going to be interesting. And, and that movement could, is really going to affect the draft, so... You know, if you're a mock draft guy like me, like there's a lot that needs a lot of dominoes that need to fall, and that could really, you know, we're talking about the Lions. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? There might be a, a more desperate team in the mix here as we inch closer to the draft. So, I mean, that's the drama of the NFL, and that's what makes it, in my eyes, the best sport. And I just love it, man. I love the off season. I'm just an NFL guy, 24 seven. It's crazy. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Let's take our last time out. We'll talk a little NBA All Star Weekend next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Check it out by getting our free mobile app from the Apple Line Store, Google Play, or check out ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along as always. The NBA All-Star Weekend coming up upon us from Chicago this weekend. Golik and Wingo is going to be out there tomorrow 
and they'll be doing their show live from there. How come we never get to go anywhere when they're doing stuff like this? Like we didn't get to go to Miami for the Super I was, Bowl. I was saying, I was telling my, I was telling my, uh, my company, y'all need to send me, send me down there. Can you imagine just having the setup down there and and just how doing, great would that be? I, I'll come down there with you. We'll do a sports pen every day of the week sports and just pen sports zone. So we'll have this. Yeah, we'll do a live sports zone. We'll get a uh, we could get athletes on. Man, that'd be crazy. Man, you could do a shootout with Giannis. That would how be bad would Giannis beat you? Oh my! He'd beat um, anybody, but how bad would he beat I you? I honestly think his arms are—he would beat me. He he break records. His man. arms are long enough so on that little just, hoop. He just dunk it, drop it in, man, drop it in. I would love that. That'd be hilarious. Giannis, a new father, by the way. Congratulations to him. He is heading to All Star Weekend with a team that, on paper, does not stack up very well against Team LeBron. What was he thinking when he drafted <sighs> there, man? Was he thinking defense? Because that's the only thing that I can think of when I, I see these guys. At least the only positive I can think of. I thought he. I thought maybe his mindset was like he wanted to get some. You know, he wanted to kind of put together Team World to go up against Team USA type mm-hmm. of thing. But his his selections were so suspect. I mean, I get it. Like he took Joel M, Joel Embiid first, but he passed up choosing Luca. Kawhi mm-hmm. was there. Um, LeBron was probably just like I was just watching LeBron as as Giannis was picking. Because I was just like, Giannis, you're doing an absolutely terrible job. And Lebr- LeBron's sitting there like surprised. And, and during the draft, I know he was whispering to somebody off camera. Mm-hmm. He's probably sitting there like, I can't believe this. <laughs> this guy's on the board. Like, this is insane. Um, they have a, a tough challenge ahead of them. I will say this. Giannis is not a good uh, a good person to pick players. And then his whole bench was all front court players. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting guards. Like LeBron did a nice job balancing it out, like getting a point guard, coming here, getting a, a nice power forward, then getting a, a defensive guy. You know, you could see LeBron's mind mm-hmm. work. And Giannis was just, you know, off the off the cusp. Just Giannis was a Magic names. Johnson, a former player who cannot be a GM. Yeah, and I could be I could be completely wrong. Who knows? Maybe his team will go on to win. But I think LeBron's team is just light years better than than Giannis's team. It was almost like a game of tic tac toe because it's not necessarily the players that he did pick, like the team that he has. It's the players that he left on the board that LeBron was able to get. That's what because I mean. LeBron got James Harden with the ninth overall pick. James Harden is the worst of the starting five. That's how good, well, you can make the case, but that's how good LeBron's team is, where James Harden is probably your fifth best starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's the whole issue I had. Like, I, you know, obviously all these t- players are immensely talented, but I mean, to take Joel Embiid first, you know, off your bench when there's players, like you said, like Harden and things. Mm-hmm. In an all-star game where you're going to be getting up and down the floor and things like that. And, you know, how long is MB going to be able to be running out there? I don't know. Um, it just it was just not the greatest. And I do this, you know, I do these, like, drafts um, when I'm, whenever I'm playing, like, PS4 or something. And, you know, you make that one pick, you make a bad second pick, then it's just a, a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And, and Giannis was just, I mean, personally... I was just like, he was making the wrong pick after wrong pick, and and I think a lot of people will agree with me. I mean, how many of LeBron's starters are better than the number two on Team Giannis? I mean, Luka, I'd take him over Joel. I'd probably take Kawhi over Joel. I'd I'd, uh, definitely take Anthony Davis over Joel. Maybe Harden. Maybe. I mean, your fourth best player is better than the other team's second best player. I just don't know what went into the thought process. That being said... They are good defenders. I mean, maybe maybe that's the name of the game this week. And it's kind of a weird format, I know, to honor Kobe. So I'm excited to see how that works out. I don't know if I like it, but I'm gonna 
I'm going to see how it works out, what have you, try to keep an open mind with it. But the All-Star Game is a fun event, not just for the game itself, but with the skills competitions. Are you into that? Do you watch any of those? Yeah, not as much the three-point contest. Um, I'll check it out. I'm not in it as invested. Um, I get excited for the dunk contest just because it's interesting to see how players try to, uh, you know, uh, upstage the previous years and things like that. And, and you know, I just like dunking. It was better back in the day, though. It was, it was a little better. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in. The All-Star Weekend for basketball it's definitely better than, like, say, the Pro Bowl and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. But it still doesn't excite me just because, you know, the the effort. It, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. But the All-Star game, there's been years where there's just been no defense being played. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, I like to see highlights, but it gets old throughout a whole game. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, the skills competition, that's all right. It's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Three-point contest, it's all right. Right. Dunk contest, it can be good. Sure. But it also can be really bad if players start missing dunks and Absolutely. they're on like attempt number eight, and then they finally get it, and it's kind of like it loses its luster. You're mm-hmm. just like, that was cool if you got it on the first try. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it all, it all depends how it goes. If, if people are like setting records and stuff, that's cool, but... Um, I'm going to tune in, obviously. We'll see what happens. By the way, the Vegas odds for the dunk contest have Aaron Gordon going off at plus 125. So Aaron Gordon is your dunk contest favorite. Who who else? What's the list there? It is Aaron Gordon followed by Derek Jones, then Pat Connaughton, and Dwight Howard. Jones is my pick. Is he? Yeah. I'm a I gotta go with my guy. I'm kinda like a I'm kinda like I've kinda like been rooting for the Heat this year. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Obviously my pistons are absolute garbage. Yeah. Um in full rebuild build, full rebuild mode. I was actually I watched the game last night. The Pistons were play, uh, playing last night and the game went into overtime and I was rooting just hard against the Pistons. <laughs> Anytime the Pistons turned it over, I'm cheering. You know, they're missing a shot. I'm like, let's go. This is what we're doing. We're tanking tank now. Tank mode. You got a tank mode. You know they're still kind of in the running for, to, to have a high pick, and and this draft isn't strong, so you you kind of need a high pick to get anyone that's <laughs> worth it. So they they're in tank mode, but I'm kind of rooting for the Heat, man. I don't know why. I really don't know why. I was doing my Sports Center update this morning, reading the box score from last night, and when Christian Wood is your top player. Ah, uh, that just tells you about where hey, this where this team is. I I've been high on Christian Wood. I know he's a young guy. No one really knows about him. Um, and yeah, he I mean he had a good game. He's young. He's athletic. You know, he kind of fits in today's NBA. Um, right now, yeah, if he's your high scorer, you're not going to be winning many games. But mm-hmm. I think he's he's a piece that the Pistons can can utilize down the road as they try to rebuild the team. I think he has some potential. But they still have some contracts that that are tough on the books. And and like I said, they're just not. It's it's a multi-year re- rebuild. It's going to take a while. Have you seen that starting line? Thon Maker's in it. I know. <laughs> a couple nights ago, they scored 78 points in a modern NBA game. I know, and, and it, it it just doesn't excite me. No. You know, I turn on their games, and yeah, it's the Pistons, and, and you know, it's my team, but none of those players, like D. Rose has his moments where <laughs> I'm like, let's Snell go, D. Rose. Is in the starting yeah, lineup. like, you, you know what I mean? And and now, the, uh, you know, I was really high on their rookie they drafted last year, Sekou Demboya. Mm-hmm. And now Dwayne Casey's kind of ripping into him. No. He's a 19 year old kid, and I get it. He's not going to be, you know, on his P's and Q's all the time. But you you wish to see more effort, and you you know you wish you you don't hear stuff like that. I'm I'm not throwing him out, you know, saying he's a bust or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, they really need that. They really need him to develop into some sort of player as they try to rebuild. But other than that, man, I watch the team and I'm just like yeah, Christian Wood. You know, I kind of get excited when he plays well. But other than that, I'm just like. All these guys can kick rocks. I'm sorry. Like, we need a complete rebuild. Like, we need to start from the ground up. And and right now, the the roster just doesn't excite me. And I'm sure Pistons fans out there can agree. I'm, you know, I'm a huge Pistons fan. I've been, you know, pretty much my whole life. Been to many games, and uh, it's it's just hasn't been exciting for me lately. And that's just where I'm at right now. Until I see them make make some moves, I just. I don't know if they can bring in free agents. I don't know if anyone wants to go there. We'll see what happens. Langston Galloway is playing 25 to 30 minutes. I'm just making it Langston worse for Langston Galloway, Bruce helping. Brown, Tony Snell, like, <laughs> yawn. Like, That's three I don't, of the top six. Yeah, I'm just like, what? And then they're just bringing in random guys. It's just like this this roster. I'm surprised they've won as many games as they have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Don't you just feel bad for Dwayne Casey? Like a couple of years ago, he was coach of the year, and then LeBron cost him his job, and now he's stuck in Detroit. I yeah. believe he's a great coach. I think he is too. And I said this to one of my coworkers, Peter, last night when we were watching the game. Um, I said, Dwayne Casey deserves better than this, man. He does. <laughs> um, you know, they took that swing with Drummond and Blake and everybody, but it's just not working out. And unfortunately, the reality is another Detroit franchise in rebuild mode. Yep. Um, unfortunately for Detroit fans and, and, um, hopefully, I mean, basketball, you can kind of turn it around a little bit quicker, but we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. We're far, far removed from those mid 2000s teams. And looking back on that, that, that was a time that I should have appreciated a little bit more. <laughs> Tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you with that. We're coming up on the end of the show. Always good to have you here, my man. Anything you got coming up at Local 3 you want to plug? Anything you're working hard on? Man, just tune into the Sports Zone every Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern. As a matter of fact, tune into Local 3 every Monday through Friday there from 6 go. and 11. You know, We're covering high school sports, doing our best, um, and we bring some unique coverage, man. I, I just like what we're doing right now, and like I said, I'm excited to where we're going and just excited about everything that's happening. So tune in to Local 3, 6 and 11, Monday through Friday, Sports Zone, 7.30, Wednesday night, and we're going to have some fun. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, glad that you were along with us. Don't forget, we have Patriot Basketball tomorrow, a doubleheader at Manistique. I'll be there with the call. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow for the Sports Pen and the Coaches Show. For Jake Durant, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.